AFLW came to an historic conclusion at the Adelaide Oval on Sunday in front of 53,000 people. And with us to wrap up the season that was is North Melbourne's Georgia Nance Gorn. After a couple of hundred caps for the Hockey Roos, she gave up the stick and the ball at the ripe old age of 26 to give footy a crack and now has a couple of AFLW games added to an already impressive CV. Georgia, welcome. Thanks for having me. So we caught up a couple of weeks before round one. So I just want you to briefly explain again how you came to be playing in the AFLW. Yeah, I guess um, <laughs> it was all happened pretty quickly. Um, I stopped playing hockey uh, at the end of 2017 and, you know, pretty much um, I'd lost the, the love of the game and, and wanted to do something different and, and find a new challenge and, I mean, the plan was to um, go kick a football around uh, probably pretty casually. And, um, you know, I, I got a, a bit of a random message from uh, North's recruiting team at the start of 2018 and said, what are, you, what are your thoughts on coming and playing football? So I uh, said, why not? And my family actually live in North Melbourne, so it's a good chance to get me back over from Perth and, uh, you know, why not give it a bit of a crack? So, yeah, came back over to Melbourne and... Um, yeah, thanks to North for uh, taking that chance on me and yeah, playing my first season of AFLW. And from a personal standpoint, you spoke then and before the year about very much wanting to just get enjoyment out of it and find a new challenge. So did the year overall de- deliver on those expectations? Yeah, I think it did. Um, it was certainly a challenge. Uh, you know, there, the, the more I was there, the more I realised there was a lot, a lot to learn. Um, but yeah, it, it was certainly fun. It was a great group of girls um obviously we probably didn't finish quite as well as we would have liked to um in missing out on the finals but yeah on the whole like it was great to see how another sporting organization operates and um yeah i overall i would say it definitely delivered on you know what i was looking for you mentioned challenges there uh a little inside source tells me that you're a bit of a weapon in the gym uh, was that one of the things you look forward to, like just different training practices, different routines and like just learning different things? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I guess the physical preparation side of it um, and the professionalism is something that I thought I could really bring to the group, being obviously pretty new with the AFLW um, and that's something that I probably had over a lot of the girls being in a professional environment for such a long time. So. Yeah, I I knew going in that obviously my football experience and knowledge was probably going to be down on a lot of the girls um, and the areas that I could really make good gains. And, um, yeah, my my strengths were my work ethic, you know, doing all the things off the field so I could control everything I could control and give myself the best opportunity to play. So, yeah, I I was in the gym most days. It did help that I lived like five minutes from the (laughs) – from the club so uh, there was really no excuse to not be in there but yeah I definitely thought that that would put me in the best position to to play. Yeah and so as it turned out you got the call up straight off the bat so uh, probably one of the only AFL players ever to debut at North Hobart Oval Um, so what do you remember of that day? Yeah I mean well the selection in itself um, was a nice surprise I, I guess I didn't put too many expectations on it going into it so to firstly uh, be picked for round one was was very special uh I think that will be probably the, the biggest the nicest memory of, of playing the season um and being involved was to run out there in the first ever game um I think sitting 
in the rooms before the game and, and um, you know, it wasn't just the players, it was the, the coaches and uh, all the people that had been involved in getting North women's team to where it was, uh, Laura Kane, who you know, has a, a huge role in both the men and the women. Um, so the room was filled with, yeah, all these people who got North to that point and we, we watched like, you know, one of those little inspirational videos that the media team have put together. And, yeah, that fit, like, the girls had tears in their eyes. Um, Britt Gibson, who, like, is a North mad supporter, like, her dream to play for North. So she, I think tears were literally streaming down her face. Um, so to ride that energy and going out and running through the banner for the for the first game, um, that was yeah, very, very special and it was great. My parents were able to come down. They didn't book flights till after the selection. So um, <laughs> Thursday, <laughs> you know, we flew out on whatever it was, Friday, Saturday, and yeah. they booked, I think, Wednesday night. I sent them a text when I got the confirmation I play. I'm like, well, you better check if there's any flights available. So they were able to be there and, um, yeah, that was a pretty special moment. So you'd played a few games for Swan Districts in WA. How did the the level itself compare? Yeah, I mean, I, it was obviously um, quite a step up. Um, I think from what I've now realised that probably the WA club league is probably even a, a few steps below the VFL league and then obviously the AFLW is um, yeah, another few, few steps above that. So, yeah, I think that that was part of the shock was just, Obviously, the, the pace of the game, the skill level was obviously a lot higher. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was great to play over in WA, having done no fo- pretty much no football before before that. But, uh, yeah, it was quite a quite a step up. So. And how does an AFLW match day compare to your time like, as in professional hockey and with the hockey roots? Uh, I mean, it all follows the same sort of routine. You go for a morning you know, walk with Ithia. So if we're if we're interstate um, travel, and which our first few rounds we were because our home games were in Tasmania. Yep. So um, yeah, you know, you have your morning walk and activation and a series of meetings um, pre pre game, and yeah, get to the ground a lot long time too early. Uh, I think we're there two hours before the game, which. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of like we did it with, we did it with hockey as well. Um, there's a lot of time to sit and think about what's um, what's going to happen. But um, yeah, I mean all that sort of stuff. The music plays in the the changing rooms before yeah. the game, and everyone gets pumped. I guess the one difference probably with footy, there were just a lot more people in the changing room. Um, with hockey, we have one physio, yeah, head coach, couple of assistants, and 18 girls. Yeah. Um, and at footy, you've got yeah, however many, like a handful of trainers and a couple of physios and a doctor and a lot of coaches and 21 girls. And, yeah, it, that was the thing. You know, everyone can have two ankles strapped at once and I'm sitting there because I'm you know, with the hockey team. I just strapped my own ankles. Yeah. Like we have one physio to go around the whole team. So I'm like, no, I'll just learn myself. So I'm sitting there on the ground strapping my ankles when we've got you know, four trainers like, we, we'll do it for you. I'm like, no, that's fine. I'm, yeah, I'm good. So the, it was just the – and I think that shocked me from the start as well, just coming into North, the amount of people that are in a football club and involved that you know make it operate the way it does. Um, 
it's it's pretty cool like coming from I guess a, a smaller sport. And you mentioned that a lot of your home games are interstate. And I think we've almost would have travelled as much as an actual interstate yeah. team in the AFLW. Yeah. How did you guys cope with that? Especially because I think for a lot of you collectively, it would have been your first experiences as a group with interstate travel as yeah. a professional sporting outfit. It was a funny um, like comment, I think, after our first Hobart trip. And, you know, we only were gone for two nights or whatever. Yeah, two nights. And then on the way home and so I'm like, oh, it'd be great to – Great to be back in our own beds again. I'm like, oh, wait till you travel for four four weeks. Like some of our hockey trips are mm. four or five weeks. Um, then you can't wait to get back in your own bed. But, yeah, as you say, like people just haven't done that before. It's very new with this whole traveling for footy sort of thing in the women's space. So, um, yeah, I think it actually probably helped us bond really well. Um, we yeah, I guess felt that we probably played some of our better games travelling because, you, yeah, you do have that bonding opportunity you're with each other all the time, whereas the Melbourne games, you know, you'll drive to the game yourselves and rock up at different times. And, um, yeah, I think particularly in those early rounds, it was really nice to have those interstate games. And then after round one, you found yourself on the outer for round two. So how did you deal with that, especially without a reserves comp you could kind of use to – push your own case yeah I mean I guess I I, um, I, I didn't expect to uh, sorry I wasn't not expecting to play like the second game I was felt very fortunate to play round one and and then um, I guess some of the, the words from the, the coaching staff was in these sort of initial rounds we kind of want to give lots of people a go so you know we don't get to the end and people haven't had exposure and and whatever and um, I, I was like yeah I mean that's that's fine like played one game that's great that's almost more than I was expecting straight up so um but yeah it was hard to not have that VFL there because um I guess one of the the things that I was told by by the coaching group was we just need to get more football into you um which is very hard in a seven week season Mm -hmm. and with no VFL so if I'm not playing you know in in the ones I'm not playing and you have training but as you know, with the all football seasons, in season training is not really you know, it's you don't do a lot of lot of match play mm. like full competitive stuff. It's generally um, a bit lighter. So yeah, it was hard to get that 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 match practice. Um yeah, uh, there were a couple of weeks that I got to go um to Melbourne Uni VFL side, played a couple of intra squad uh, games, but again, it was like a fourteen on fourteen, thirteen on thirteen, full field sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's difficult. Um, and then we did play one. Um, I think it was before the it was before round six or so or seven. Um, we played uh, the against Casey, um, so Melbourne seconds, mm. and that was that was good um, to have a proper hit out. But by that stage, it's pretty much the end of the season, and. Um, yeah, that, that was one big difficulty, particularly when the main thing was you, you've just got to play more footy. It's like, well, that's pretty hard to do. When, uh, but, yeah, that's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And so obviously that's a logistical difficulty. Yeah. Was that emotionally, was that similar or different to what you experienced with the hockey ruse when you found yourself only added there? Did you go through the same things mentally trying to get back into that, trying to get back into the kangaroos? Or was um, it different? It was a little bit different. Like hockey... You know, when I was not being picked 
I think that was a little bit harder because I expected a little bit more that I would play, like particularly towards the end when you, you've experienced and you've played so many games and that's the thing you know well. And it, it's harder to take when you're not. Whereas here it's like I've played less than 10 games of football in my life. Like really anything should be a bonus. Um, but, of course, the you know, elite athlete side of me is like, yeah, I'm disappointed I'm not playing. Of course, yeah. like you want to be playing. Um, but yeah, I had to manage those ex- expectations of myself. Um, and, and that's like going back to the, the sort of the first thing I said about being in the gym all the time. It's like, I, all I can do is control what I can control. And if I'm showing that I'm doing all the right things and I felt that I was, I was training really well as well, um, in, in the opportunities that we got, but, um, yeah, it, all I could do was what I could do. And if it didn't happen, well, you know, I can't really have any regrets. Um, and I guess having such a strong team as well, it, it made it difficult to find a way in. So, um, but I, and I, and I said that from right, right from the start as well, when I went to North, um, you know, I, I prefer to put myself against the best and if I don't get picked, you know, I, I can feel comfortable that I've done everything rather than maybe go to a weaker team and maybe get gifted a couple of games because you're not performing. So in the end, I'm pretty satisfied with, you know, what I did and, yeah, we'll see what happens next. She curls the ball back. Here's Phillips, finds a bit of space for the first goal of the afternoon. She curls at home. So round five, you guys came up against the Crows. Now, you didn't play, but given obviously they won the flag yesterday, so I wanted to ask you what you observed about them in that round and via the reviews that you did. What made them so hard to play as a team? I think they're just strong all over the ground. Like There's just no weak links, um, but even their, I guess, lesser-known players just stood up as well. And then you've got the people like Aaron Phillips and, and Chelsea Randall and um, Marinoff and, and and they've just got it across the board. Um, I I remember watching that game and they got so many goals out the back um, where they were pretty much running into the goal square and I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah, and that was the happened? same yesterday. Yeah, uh, but, you know, they play that fast start like that and they're slick and their skills are good uh, and, yeah, I mean, they're quick all over. So, yeah, I, I watched that game and... Like it will be very hard to beat them. Like you could see, they were a, a class. But and going into that game, we were undefeated, and and that was like all oh, the you know the clash of the two heavyweights, I guess. And they outclassed us. Um, so yeah, they were the clear deserving winners. Mm, and when you look at someone like Aaron Phillips, mm. what what do you think you can actually do to negate someone with that just ridiculous mix of like height? Raw athletic ability, running capacity. She can just yeah. pretty much do everything. But also, like, natural footy now as well. Yeah. Which like, is the thing that I think, um, like, she just has in, in buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Not much she can do, really. <laughs> it's probably like the guys in the the, the, the men's game that mm. you, you just find hard to stop. And, like, regardless of what, you can try to put someone on them, but they're still going to mm. do it. So you probably got to just try to negate all the people around her, like, if you can. But... Um, oh, she she's an absolute freak, and I mean, it's it was so sad to see her go down. Um, you hope that it's not the end. I mean, I'm sure she'll do everything to to get back playing next year. But yeah, it's scary when you look at someone that is so strong 
um, you know, clearly does all the right things and it, that freak kind of, there you go, the, the ACL and, yeah, it's scary. It's scary to see. Um, so when someone invents a <laughs> cure for ACL or the, the magical prevention, like, yeah, they'll be they'll be very rich. Can we go back in time and fix Alex Rance? Oh. That's a little little Richmond tangent. So yesterday, fifty three thousand people at the Adelaide Oval is a record crowd for a standalone women's event. And as an eminent female athlete in this country, what do you feel when you see how that was received yesterday? Oh, I like that was just phenomenal. Uh, like we were watching, um, as I said, on our phones because we were actually at the North Melbourne men's game. Um, so we were watching the women uh, on our phone and and word coming in of the crowd building and building and I think there was one point they're like you know we've had to open up the second tier um and you know we're at 45,000 and then to see that it got to 53 it's just like how good is that like for all the criticism that um it's copped and then to to have that um and people genuinely wanting to watch and then unfortunately you still get the people saying oh it's only because it was free and it's not though like there's always going to be people that say that and Mm. yeah good luck to them but yeah I think it was absolutely phenomenal for women's sport in general not just AFLW um but yeah exciting to see and yeah I, I think we've seen um over the three seasons how much the standard has grown and and how much the interest has grown and people are more and more people are coming around to it and I think it's just going to continue to get grow which is very exciting so whilst watching on your phones <laughs> and seeing uh carlton's margin get blown out was there any sense of uh, that should be us oh i know i was sitting with um a couple of girls from brisbane um so jamie Stanton and um and ashmore and uh and i know stance in particular she i was also sitting with um jazz grierson who played for melbourne and obviously melbourne missed the finals in both the AFLW seasons and Stance like turned to Jazz and was like, "How are you feel like? I feel really. I haven't not experienced a grand final like we Brisbane were in it both years. Um, she's like, is this does, like I feel really bad not being there? Like Jazz, is this how you felt in the other years? And and Jazz was like, yeah, it was it was, it was shit. Like particularly Melbourne in their uh, second year, I think missing." Mm. Pretty much got in the last game, losing to the Bulldogs, and then watching them in the grand final, and yeah, it, it hurt. Um, so I think that yeah, there was a, a lot of hurt, probably from more some girls more more than others. Um, I I kind of look at it, yeah, it it was a shame that we weren't there, and given we beat Carlton in round one quite convincingly that they're in the finals, but you know, in the end, like we got quite convincingly beaten by Adelaide we got quite convincingly beaten by Fremantle um you don't really deserve to be there I I I feel like you could tell the conference system like if we were in the other one we would have been there but in the end you have to be the best and and we didn't so you know we have to look at that and what we can we do next year to make sure that we're good enough to be there but I mean of course it sucks when you see, they get nice, pretty rings when they win, and <laughs> but yeah, it's always next year. Hopefully, a bit of motivation. So, yeah. when you watched, and very specifically the Taylor Harris vitriol and the other stuff that was directed at AFLW players throughout the year, there was a similar incident the same week with Celia McIntosh. Um, did you think that that was more severe? 
than what you would get in an Olympic sport like hockey? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I guess hockey, we didn't have the profile that you're seeing with AFLW now and, and we probably complained a little bit about it at the time, like, oh, hockey, why why do we not get more coverage? Uh, why aren't we in the paper? Why aren't we in the news? Like, we're only really, anyone really cares about us in Olympic years and com games. Um, but, yeah, then you see this side of it and if you were in the media all the time, you know, you're obviously going to get a lot of good stuff, but you're going to get a lot of bad stuff as well. So, like, I never, myself personally, I've never got any of that sort of stuff through the hockey, but I guess I kept things pretty low-key. And as a team in general, we probably didn't cop much until there were a couple of little things around the around the Rio Olympics, more on the off-field sort of side of things, and that got out a bit. But even then, you know, if it was footy, I think it would have been blown up a lot more. But it's just, it's just part of it, I think. Um, unfortunately, when you're in the spotlight, you're going to get obviously a lot more of the good stuff, but alongside of it, you're going to get some of the, the bad stuff, and that's it's it's, it's a shame. But fortunately, there's always going to be people in this world that say silly things, um, and you just got to try, I guess, try to minimise the bit, like stamp it out when it happens. Um, which I think out of the Taylor Harris stuff that came more and more, you saw people rising up against it, and and it was great to see you know, people like. Paddy Dangerfield and stuff, you know, retweeting that picture and, and just saying how great it was and, um, you know, and, and quite a lot of the, the AFL guys getting around it and, yeah, as horrible as it was, I think it almost might have been a little bit of a turning point maybe that um, people were rising up against the hate stuff yeah. that was coming out and, and, that's, and that's really nice to see that in the end, you know, the good will sort of prevail, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And do you think... Uh, I know you mentioned the profiles of the different sports, but hockey has always been a, a co-ed or a co-gender sport where it's kind of accepted from a young age that both genders will be playing. Yeah. Do you think the fact that AFL has been a predominantly men's space for so long kind of influences the amount of vitriol that has been directed at the comp? Yeah, probably. Like that's, I think that is part, probably part of it. Um, it. It has been a men's game for so long. Um, you know, as you said, hockey, we're very lucky that it is pretty much, particularly hockey in Australia, it's basically the same between the men and women at the, at the top level. Um, we've got the same funding. We've pretty much got the same opportunities, but like the men being number one in the world, so they got a little bit more with the middle. But, you know, that's because they were, they were awesome. Um, but, yeah, at the, the base of it, we got equal rights. Like, it was great. Um and yeah, footy, it's been predominantly a, men, a men's game for so long. Um, so it's going to take time for people to change their attitudes towards it. But as I said, I think we're seeing a change um, from season one to, to season three. Like it's yeah, a huge change. I, you know, at some of my work, um, where I'm working at the moment, and and most of the guys are in it. They say, oh, you know, we watched it. The, the skills are so great. Like, and they, you know, admitted to not really watching it in the first one, two seasons. And then season three, they're like, Whoa. you know, it's gone from, I think, season one and two, you could see that everyone was trying really hard and everyone was going in. Like, you couldn't question the effort mm. and the skill probably wasn't quite there. But now the skill is coming and, and has developed so much that people are genuinely, you know, 
impressed to watch it. Mm. And then you see stuff like the, the Taylor Harris kick and it's like that is just phenomenal. Like I, I can't remember, was it Witten or there was a yeah, – Yeah, uh, there was a Ted Witten photo. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the comparison. And it's like, you know, his was actually probably better. And, and you know, it, it's – that was so good to see. Um, as I said, I think it's just going to continue to grow and the more opportunity that we get, I, I guess the more money that goes into it and the more opportunity we get to be a full-time sort of program. Um, you know, at the moment we're only contracted 15 hours a week. So when you complain about skills, not it's like, you know, we're training a couple of times a week after a full day of work. Mm. Um, and as much as you want the level to keep, you know, rise dramatically, it, you got to be realistic that you know, until you're at training every day mm. that, like the men are. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's in a pretty good place, all things considering. So clearly you have passion about the game. What's in the uh, future plans for your AFLW career or just your footy career in general? Yeah, I mean, my footy career, I, as I said, I stepped away from hockey because I, I lost the love of it and I, and I just want to play sport to enjoy playing sport again because in the end, you like, that's the most important thing. You love to go have a run around. So, yeah, I, I, I think that I, I'm not sure what's going to happen, you know, with AFLW stuff next year, but yeah, my plan is just to, to go out and play footy. Um, and, and if that's in the VFL, that, that's great. And, um, you know, just enjoy it. Just you know, have a run around. And, yeah, I, I didn't um, expect too much to happen with AFLW. I, I didn't come in and say, hey, like someone recruit, I want to go play AFLW. I was very thankful that that opportunity has um, come up and, and yeah, I'll, I'll run with it as, as much as I can. But, you know, if whatever happens, and you know, I, I just want to have fun. So to, to round out, I like to throw this in as a, like, a left field question. I'm it stealing this so often for every interview I do from now on. So but uh, we've basically been a pro for about a decade now. So media is obviously a uh, almost a chagrin chore that you have to do. What's a question that you wish you were asked in an interview that you've never been asked before? Yeah, it would be something to do with like my nerdiness. Like, I'm a huge like closet nerd. Like love Game of Thrones, love Harry Potter. If you are a Harry Potter nerd, what like why like why still? It's a book written for kids. I don't get it. And, well, and I argue, argue with JB all the time. But I grew It's a up, kid's book. He grew up with it. Yeah. But like, I grew up with Thomas the Tank Engine. I'm not still reading Thomas the Tank Engine books. Right? But the theme song's pretty good if you ever get on Spotify. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> That's awesome. No, um, you just, that was just such a big part. Of, but not just childhood, but like early adulthood. And I got my parents reading it and they loved it. And, ah. Uh, you can't compare it to Thomas the Tank Engine, <laughs> but yeah, I love it. Have still. you got tickets to the twelve-hour musical? I haven't yet. Like, that's the problem with not the problem, but having you know, footy commitments. And like, I never know where I'm going to be next week, let alone like yeah, <laughs> you know, in a few weeks because it's booked out so far in advance. But I do need to get onto that because yeah, have you been? No, I one of my friends has seen it three times because she's reviewed three it twice. Times. Yeah, she That's reviewed it twice. That's 36 hours of Harry Potter. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then she went – Did I'm she su- do the back-to-back? Uh, so she saw it in London to oh, review it. Yeah. And then – and so she did see the back-to-back and then she did it in Melbourne and then she went with her family for the third time. 
So I haven't done it. I haven't booked tickets because I didn't. I read the like the script and mm, hated the I've play. Re- yeah, I read it too. Yeah, I was sort of a massive eye roll of oh my god, she's butchering Harry Potter. Stop doing it, J.K. What are your thoughts on um, the Fantastic Beasts? Oh, I haven't been in to see the newest one. I haven't. I wasn't yeah. a huge fan of the first, the first one, one. Yeah, I was, and even with all the stuff that's come out about like Dumbledore being gay, mm. and there's so much stuff that she's just added, and I'm just like, yeah. I don't know if I needed to know that. Yeah. La, la, la. I liked it the way it was. <laughs> Don't ruin it. Yeah, it's, yeah, I know, I agree. It feels like it's a bit of a money grab, really. What's the best book? Uh, I always liked Prisoner of Azkaban. I, I, this is a nerdy answer, but I liked Order of the Phoenix because it was the longest. Yeah. So I had it for the longest amount yeah. of time yeah. before I finished it. That is everything that's wrong with Harry Potter. I liked the whole time to, like, going back in time and how it all, like, Played, was it? Yeah, that yeah, was. A th- I reckon that's the best film. Yeah. 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 I just liked all the way that that worked, and not the frustration if they just got Peter Pettigrew at the start, like it would have solved a lot of problems. Yeah.